Welcome to Lancelot's Roundtable Podcast. On Lancelot's Roundtable Podcast, I gather at the table with special guests and hear their unique stories and learn about their lives. In having these long-form conversations, I hope to grow in my perspectives and understandings. So get ready to listen in, and as you listen to this and other episodes, perhaps your life will be enriched in a meaningful way. You know, we're not going to... Doing what I'm doing, I'm not going to stop crime. Mm-hmm. Like, people are always... It's just going to happen. People are going to be evil. People are going to do evil things. Um, but if someone doesn't do something, then it's just going to be that much worse. I see these baby blue eyes look, and his eyes get super huge as he sees the letter writing gear underneath my rack. Uh-huh. And he just stares a hole through me. Yeah. And I'm like, this is it. He's, he's going to kill me. <laughs> Jeez. Blade Runner. That's an old one with Harrison Ford. Yeah, it I have it seen too. that one. <laughs> Not the new one. No, I haven't seen the new one. Okay, but you saw the original. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's a start. Yeah. We'll I was it. trying to figure out if you were looking for a movie that applied to what we were talking about or just one that you've actually seen. Yeah, it was really just to get to one that I've actually seen. Have you seen Bambi? <laughs> oh, yeah, I have three kids. <laughs> what does that have to do with cybernetics, though? Nothing. I just wanted to find a movie oh. <laughs> There's robots in Bambi? <laughs> the mom that we hosted for first took an Uber to deliver her baby while we hosted her daughter. Can you imagine Whoa. taking an Uber to the hospital to deliver your baby? No. And having nobody there while you're you were all by, pushing? She was all by herself. All by herself. It was not coronavirus. She wasn't like limited to one visitor. Yeah. She had nobody to go with her. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Before I get into today's episode, please consider supporting our work. We want to continue to bring you the best episodes we can. Here's three ways, excuse me, four ways that you can support us. Please consider leaving us a five-star review wherever you're listening to your podcast. It really helps people find us. Please share this podcast with any of your friends and family. Also, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Finally, consider making a $5 or more donation by going to our Instagram page and clicking on the link in our bio. Thank you so much for all of our support. This episode has been brought to you by Orphan World Relief. Since its founding in 2008, Orphan World Relief has built strong partnerships with churches, businesses, and other nonprofit organizations and with people just like you in order to help children in crisis, including those living as orphans and refugees, kids that are entering into the foster care system for the first time, older children aging out of the foster care system, and families as they deal with the stress and trauma of foster care and adoption. Want to know more? Head over to Orphan World Relief to see how you can help by volunteering and or donating. Orphan World Relief. Hope changes everything. Finally, I got to get a shout, give a shout out to my boys over at Operation Red Pill, Jason Spears and Christopher Dean. They uh they donated to the podcast preamps, which are these little devices that your microphone hooks into and it makes the sound quality quite quite nicer. So if you notice this, if you're if you're a budding sound engineer and you notice a difference in the sound quality that's why so go check out uh, operation red pill podcast with jason and christopher it's a mind-bending crazy in-depth podcast that will uh, get you thinking to say the least anyway today is going to be a bonus episode and we are going to be going back to the ages of antiquity um 
probably 20 some years ago, uh, I took a trip to Europe when I was in the last stages of college. And with me on that trip went uh, one of my best friends at the time and still really good friend to this day, Romy Noss. So I'm pleased and happy to welcome to the roundtable, Romy Noss. Romy, welcome to the roundtable, sir. Hey, thank you. So great to be on here, Lance. Yeah, it's great. I I can't wait to have this conversation. I know that was kind of a longer intro, um, but uh, thanks for sticking around and not uh, bailing on me. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So go ahead and tell the people a little bit about yourself. Why don't you introduce yourself in any way that you want? Yeah. So, um, yeah, as Lance uh, had mentioned, I'm I'm Romy. And, um, yeah, Lance is actually one of of the biggest... uh, (laughs) blessings in my life as just as a friend i i came into the uh, whole christian world uh, wide-eyed as a 19 year old and um <laughs> just you know just changing my my world view in terms of um coming out of just a time of just darkness for, for so long and then um allowing myself to be immersed into these different relationships i, I was, so my background is uh is Cambodian, so that's Southeast Asia, right between uh, that Thailand, Vietnam, for those who might not know the geography there. Um, but I was actually born in England, uh, where I still hold a, a citizenship. Um, so you're a, technically a, 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 a Brit. I am a Brit, yeah. Which, uh, that Actually, that that fact will, will play a, a factor into the story. As you may remember, but um, but yeah, no, but I pretty much grew up in the States. I don't remember much about England as well at all. Um, and then some people say, well, how come you don't have an accent? Well, I, I just didn't really speak. I mean, I wasn't really immersed into that. I was really brought up, uh, grew up in Ohio, um, where my dad was able to find uh, some work there as a, uh, as a chemical engineer. And so, um, but yeah, so that was basically my background was I, I grew up, I guess, Buddhist-ish. <laughs> Um, but then kind of fell away from that, you know, during just my childhood years, early middle school, high school. Um, but yeah, no, by, uh, what I would call now that just the grace of God, I, I ran into some fantastic people, um, Lance being one of them. And, uh, I, I believe that, that our lives were intersected for a reason and, um, he ended up being arguably my, my best friend, like just really, uh, when I think of best friend, I think someone that just brings out the best in you. Right. I think we we're just able to, right really um, sharpen each other and, um, you know, accelerate aspects of our lives that needed, um, you know, to grow into maturity and fruition. And so, yeah, so that's just, that's kind of a, a whirlwind of how we kind of came across and um, up into our fun little adventure. <laughs> yes, which is going to be a really fun yeah. topic to talk through. Take two. All right. So we are recording again. All right, so we, I had to do a little bit of a cut there, um, figuring out some audio issues, always fun over the phone. So, yeah, so, Romeo, you were just basically talking about how we met way back in the day, which is funny because, yeah, I was still in high school at the time. You were a college guy. And as people that have listened to the show know, I was homeschooled all the way through high school. So there was a lot of things I didn't know. You were not homeschooled. You went to one of the local, fairly popular, newer high schools, and you actually taught me lots of, uh, lots of things. So maybe I, uh, maybe the way to put it is I, I wouldn't stand out as much. Right. <laughs> that's, that's right. I feel like it was, uh, the introduction of two worlds. I mean, I, I had never stepped foot in a church or anything 
and I was coming into this world of homeschoolers <laughs> um, and realizing that, hey, I, I need to I need to respect my parents and I need to respect women. I need to <laughs> it's a whole new world. black and white. I feel like it was such a, a wonderful intersection of values. <laughs> yeah, man, that's wild. Yeah, that was that would have been I probably would have been like 17, maybe 16 or 17 at the time. So that means that we that know sounds each right. Other. I think I got you by two years. I was 19. So, yeah, that would that would make sense. Right. Yeah. So we've known each other like 25, right around 25 years, which is wild. That sounds right. Yep. So let's, yeah, let's get into just talking through like, it was, I believe it was getting towards the end of my junior year of college. I think I was still in flight school because I was still, but I, 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 I might've exited flight school. I can't remember. You had freshly graduated probably like a year, year and a half before this time. And we had been talking throughout the year about doing a trip to Europe. And there were other friends that we knew that were also really wanting to do a trip to Europe. I, I think it was like, that was like the hop or the hip thing to do. And whatever everybody our age was kind of talking about in the circles that we mingled in was like doing a Europe trip. You remember that? I do. I remember that's like the big, like, yeah, you got to go find yourself. And I think <laughs> the books like Rick Stevens travel, you know, travel like the world and see the world and oh um, you know the beaten leaving the beaten path i just remember that was oh, just like a, right. such a big deal and we you know it would, it would be like the epitome of like what you would do as a single you know after college or something yeah get some stories to tell and figure some stuff about yourself out that's funny so you you were though like i think you were still paying all of your bills you're working full time, I think at the time, I think you'd had a couple different jobs. So in order for you to go, you would have to quit your job. I just basically didn't go to college in the fall because we were, we, we decided to go in September. We wanted to go a month. I might have wanted to go longer. I don't remember, but we ended up picking going a whole, a whole month. So what was going through your mind as we started leading up to it? Because we, we talked with the travel. I think he was a travel agent. We talked with him for a while there was a couple different options, but we finally came up with a with an actual plan, and then we 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 made the leap. We, he found plane tickets flying into Paris and flying out of London, I think. And you had your cousins in London. So, what was going through your mind there when we actually solidified it and bought the tickets? What was going through your mind then? Yeah, I mean a lot. I'm looking at some old. Notes here. I, I was a, a real stickler to journaling just so much of my life just going through. And so it was, um, it was 2004. So about, you know, a year and a half. You're right. Very good memory of when I had graduated from Ohio State. Mm. And I was just working this, this thankless job. <laughs> I, I just hated it. It was just, it was a call center job. It was like where dreams die. Like I just, I just needed a job. I had a, <laughs> at the time, a $15,000 diploma that I got, I call it the $15,000 receipt from Ohio state, letting me yeah. know that I graduated. Good description. <laughs> Didn't mean much at the time. I mean, that, that might as well have been a million dollars adjusted for inflation now. <laughs> I was <laughs> right. working this thankless call center job, um, calling up on, on loans and whatnot. And so, um, I was, I was certainly ready to quit. And, um, yeah. And so this, this prospect was extremely exciting. I think there was a lot going on at the time we were serving, in a, in a ministry well, within with our local church, and I just had these grandiose ideas of okay, well, you know, I'll 
maybe something will open up with the church. I, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a good possibility. So I think it's okay for me to leave my my full time job and and just go on this adventure. But it certainly wasn't without anxieties and concerns, particularly from my parents who just kept letting me know, like, you're going to get robbed. Like, you're, <laughs> you got to watch those <laughs> pockets. I remember just being freaked out about that. <laughs> that's funny. That's really funny because, yeah, that that was a big thing is, like, you go over there and, like, you got to watch out for pickpockets and stuff. Yeah, yes. And I think my friends really hassled me about my anxieties, my over <laughs> – yeah, I, I, it was just such – foreign territory if you will and i just i wasn't i wasn't sure what to expect i mean you bring you really actually we can't even just skirt over it because you bring up a big thing that i've thought about a lot recently throughout the years it was when when we were in college there was no no nobody really was like oh be careful about student loan debt like that can really be Mm -hmm. difficult and a pain so we all kind of like I mean, you weren't the only one. I had I had more loans than you did. Um, like, and I and I can just remember we all. If memory serves, you can tell me what it was like for you. But when I was actually in college, I wasn't thinking about paying off loans as being an issue. All I just had like a singular target of getting through, um, getting through college. And then there would, in my mind, I was like, of course, I'll get a job when I get out of college, and it's probably going to be a, an awesome one. But like your experience yeah. was similar to mine. I was just two years behind you when I, when you graduate and you find yourself working in a call center, you're like, wait, what, what? Yeah. Cause you, you don't think that's right. going to happen to you when you're in college. Cause you go to college and you're going to get a job after college and you're going to be making good money. That's kind of what you think. Is that what you remember? Yep. Yeah. Um, certainly my plans changed dramatically after I, I became a Christian, um, during my, my sophomore year of college, I mean, I had grandiose plans of being a lawyer. Like I, I remember just being a huge Tom Cruise fan and movies like um, a few good men and, <laughs> and a few others. It just led that like, I, I'm going to be a corporate lawyer. That's what I'm going to do. I can communicate. I'm, um, I don't so think yeah, I no, my, my plan certainly changed as I was progressing through Ohio state. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to stay in pre-law. I want, I just want to go into ministry. And so I knew I wasn't going to be making great money, but I figured I'd be living a, a really fulfilled life. I mean, there was a lot of things going on that were going really well in, you know, how you and I were involved yeah. um, in the youth ministry at the time. And just with all the relationships that were being built. I mean, I, I, I tell people now, like I, I remember just being, I look back fondly as like, I was a broke college kid or whatever, but I, I don't think I've ever felt as rich right. in terms of relationships than I ever had back when I was a broke college kid. And it's just, yeah. I just look very fondly back on those memories and those relationships and just being, being so optimistic of life, you know, before just going into the grinder of how you know, difficult <laughs> things are. I was just so super optimistic, super like, yeah, like God's going to take care of everything. Like everything's just been going so well for the most part that of course it's going to, it's going to turn out well. Of course, you know, nothing is really going to be an issue. Yeah. It's kind of like a naive not not even like I wouldn't even necessarily say improperly, but just like naive sunglasses that you're looking through, and then and yeah. then and then all of a sudden you're in in the normal day to day of post school life, working and paying bills, and then that can for me it really hit me like right in the face. Um, yeah, and we yeah, it's funny because I I remember you you know 
you were interested in going into ministry. I didn't really want to touch ministry with a 10 foot pole initially, at least. <laughs> um, not in terms of, like, I didn't want to do anything like that to get paid. So to kind of provide a little bit more color there, like back, back at that time, Romy and I were in college and we kind of, well, we had very different stories in terms of our high school story. I was homeschooled and there was just lots of things I didn't know. And Romy went to high school um, and just had like a, what I would call probably like a normal high school experience for a Midwest suburban youth, right? <laughs> right. It, but both of us were in yeah. this high school. And then after, after well, he was, he was actually out of high school when we met, but we, once I got out of high school and I graduated, there was a bunch of us that graduated high school. We had all gone to the same youth group at a local church for years. Um, and then once we graduated and we were out, we all decided to just stay as volunteers. And so we like helped out with the ministry. And then, and that youth group went from a fairly small youth group over the time that we were in college to kind of a huge youth group. Um, and so, Romy, like to your point, you were kind of thinking, oh, man, there's lots of kind of options and opportunities here. I'll probably just end up doing ministry like it'll probably happen. But it never really panned out that way, right? Not in the ways that I that I thought it would. I mean, it it was just a, a lot of stuff happened after that trip that um, changed some trajectories. But um yeah. But yeah, yeah, certainly not the the rosy colored <laughs> way that I had initially envisioned it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's get into the let's get some more into the actual like you know we we went. Do you remember we went and we were like okay we got to pack but we can't pack much because we're going to be walking places. We we basically left our itinerary fairly open so that we could like go to places we weren't expecting, but we did have specific spots that we had on our list that we wanted to go. Do you remember any of the places that you were like, okay, let's really go here. That's right. I had my bucket list. I, I, I said, I wanted, I wanted to make sure we visit Rome. You know, I was a huge, um, you know, in the Bible, Paul wrote a, a good portion of the new Testament. And I was like, I want to, I want to be where Paul was. I want, I want to make sure Rome's on there. I want to make sure, um, well, I mean, we're going into Paris. So of course I, I, I took French in high school and college. So I wanted to, Brush up on my on my French, which was pretty worthless, but for what it's worth. Um, <laughs> and I think someone was sharing. I think it was like one of our friends, Daniel, or somebody was sharing about the the Cinque Terre, which is uh, these five villages on the on the coast of Italy. I'm like, oh, we got it. We got to make sure we make it to there. Yeah, there was a slew of people that took a trip to Italy on like a mission trip, and they all visited. Yep. Right, I think they all visited there, and they were like, it's really beautiful. You got to go there. So that was on our list. Yeah. I forgot about that. Other than that, was yeah, there anywhere I, else? I that always you really wanted to wanted go to, to Greece. We never made it as far as Greece, though. But that's I right. guess that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a hard one because remember we we just uh, we thought I think because we talked with a travel agent and we thought we could go down to the southern tip of Italy and like grab a ferry and just ride the ferry to yep, Greece. That's right. And then that's right. I, it was get. I think it was just getting later in the trip or something, and we were like, "Geez, twelve hours! Like that's a lot of our time." Because if you remember, like a commodity started to be time when we, when we got there because we thought we had all this time. And then before you knew it, like, we're like, Oh gee, we only have 20 days there and we still have all these other places we want to go. Oh gee, we only have 18 days and there's all these places that we want to go. So it literally became down to like travel time. We were like thinking, okay, how long is this train ride going to take? How long would that ferry take? Can we get a plane or not? And yeah, we just had to make the call 
Um, I don't even remember if we agreed to it or not, but I just remember, yeah, going south in Italy at the time when everywhere else that we were going to go was to the north. It just didn't, I guess, make sense to us, and we decided not to do it. But that was something I always regretted um, as well, not, not being able to hit up Greece. Was there anywhere else that you wanted to go that we didn't go, or did we kind of hit every other place that you wanted to go? Um, gosh, I'm trying to remember. Um, no, I guess Greece. I, I remember the only reason at the time I wanted Greece was, I guess I think I saw some like pictures of like some whitewashed buildings with mm. the Mediterranean in the background. I just thought that was so it cool. Looks, it, it looked I think very I saw beautiful. More flyers had some different. Yeah, I think we're at the what are those things called hostels? Yeah, hostels is what they were called. Yeah, yeah. There's like some brochures say, "Oh, this is like you know party central to be fun." I'm like, "Oh yeah, that that just sounds amazing. Like that would be that would be cool to just to check out." Greece. Oh, but, um, that, no. That's... For the most part, I think I we went to everywhere that that I thought that I, I personally wanted to go to at the time. But that's funny that what you just said, like that made me think about one of the differences in our personalities is like you're at least at the time. I don't know. It would be interesting to hear your take on it now that you're, you know, in your 40s, like I am with a with a wife and multiple kids. Like so it's obviously a very different season than when you're a single person at that age. But at the time you were extremely extroverted. Like you you guys in your apartment, you always had people at your apartment and if you didn't have people at your apartment, you were probably out with people. You were super extroverted. I generally would go, I kind of thought myself as an extrovert, but I really wasn't an extrovert. I liked being around people, but I had my limits and I could get to that limit pretty quickly. So I was thoroughly happy going around Europe, not talking to anybody or doing anything with anybody, but you really, I think still enjoyed being around people. So that was kind of two different ways and two different, two different things. Like if you were at a hostel and there was a group of people, you'd like to just to sit and hang. I'd still want to go like walk around. Do you remember that? Like how, how was that for you being on a trip when you were used to being extroverted and then not having those people around and like, how was that for you? That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't consider myself really that extroverted even now. I, I would say I'm right smack in the middle. Like I can kind of like, I can do both. Um, yeah. And it, I mean, I know, I guess it's defined as like, where do you get energy from? Do you get energy from people? And as you and I both know, I mean, there's certain people that could be very draining. <laughs> and yet, right? I mean, it's just, that's just the reality. We, we live in yeah. a fallen <laughs> But then there's some other people, there's other people that could be extremely life-giving. And I yeah. just had enough consistent exposure as a, as a Christian of of life giving people, them in my mind, I was like, you know, there's there's other people that I that I haven't even met yet that that God hasn't allowed my life to intersect with yet that I can really be blessed and be a blessing to, to benefit from, and that, that was just my mentality. I'm like, okay, there's all these strangers that we can encounter randomly mm-hmm. that that could just be a huge blessing that could be the next step and in the same way that you know I encountered you and you know I had a had a great friendship. I feel like. I feel like God allows our lives to intersect with certain people for, for certain periods of time to, to accelerate different processes of, of maturity, of, of growth, mm. of learning. And I, and I love that. And that's, that's mm-hmm. kind of like the mentality I was going through with this, you know, coming from all the relational um, activities that we were a part of at that time and, and all that. So. Gosh, you really stated that really, really, really well. You put all that together really, really well. Cause yeah, we would, we would be around and encounter people that were really draining and kind of difficult to be around, but we 
would be around those people to try to, I don't know, be encouragements or whatever. But then there were so many like amazing people that we got to spend time with that. Yeah. Just being around them, like did give you energy. And that's always a, like a good perspective, I think to think through and remember is like, you know, it obviously, whether or not you're an introvert or an extrovert, it really, I think can probably be quite dependent on the, on the circle that you, that you have around you and who you allow into your life and who you kind of keep at a distance. Like is if you, if you let too many, what I guess people would say today, toxic type people into your life, then that would be really draining. But if you surround yourself with like supportive people that are willing to like challenge you and sharpen you and, you know, encourage you to do better, like all those kinds of things, those are the people that you kind of want in your life. I thought you worded that really well. Absolutely. No, you said it great, man. And I feel like it's worth taking that risk. I mean, it is a risk. I mean, those who I feel like I've loved the most, I also have the the ability and opportunity to to hurt me the most. I mean, I've had deep hurt from, you know, different relationships that I've put a ton into, but then I feel like the benefits of, of those exposures far outweigh the, the risk of, you know, you know, getting burned. We're going to get burned. We, 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 you know, we, yeah. people are people and we're people, we burn people too. And oh, yeah. it's just, I still feel like it's worth it. Even, even with the, like, I, I think of the relationships that have in a sense of hurt the most, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I would still do it again because mm. what I still benefited from that in spite of the hurt was still worth it. That's a really interesting perspective. I think, I think I would probably agree with you for the most part, but I can definitely remember a season in time where I can, I might not even be talking relationally now that I'm thinking about it, but like, sure. Just, you know, like going through something, you're like, man, I, I am very changed by going through that. I don't know if I would choose to go through that again. Did you have any relationships that you were like, or did you have any time of your life where you had a different viewpoint where it was like, man, I don't know if, cause it was so painful to walk through. I don't know if it was worth it. Or did you, did you kind of always have that revelation of, yeah, even though, even though I got really burned in this relationship, still worth it. Did you ever wrestle with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there was, you know, a ton of relationships that came in and out that, you know, just by sometimes by default or, or different issues that you just had to you know, say goodbye to. I can think of one, uh, there was one young man that I was just pouring into, um, his name is David. He, he had passed away. He died in a, in a horrific motorcycle accident. Right. And I remember when I got the news of that, just like, I, I just bought, I couldn't stop crying. Like yep. I just, I was just so devastated and just and angry and just frustrated. And I look back on that. I'm like, I don't think I've ever cried that much. Mm. over someone mm. and and there's a part there's a part of me that actually longs for that like why why haven't i exposed myself enough to to another man to another person where the loss of that would get me to a point where i'd be crying ugly tears mm. like that that kind of bothers me yeah like why why have just it's just i guess now i mean here in my 40s it's just it's just so much harder to to just maintain just good relationships in the same way in, in our singles when we had all the time in the world and it was easy. We just yeah. did life together. And now it's just, it's, it's just so much more challenging. You have to be like so much more intentional, but, um, yeah, but yeah no, I mean, that was just devastating, but I'm, I'm so glad I had that. I'm so glad I had the, the couple of years, you know, with that, with that young man at the, at the time. Yeah. I remember that. I didn't know him hardly at all. Cause I had, 
that was during a time when I'd been kind of out of the picture. I had, I had been running, you know, been kind of in another, I've kind of basically just like moved. We, you and I were still in contact, but we were, I wasn't running in the same circles anymore. I had gone over to another area, which is a story for another time. But that was at that time that you're talking about, I, I was very new to being married. And I remember because everybody knew David, the guy that you're talking about, everybody at that time, like knew this guy, David. And it was, yeah, that was like a, that was such a hit to so many people when, when that happened, because it was so obviously unexpected. Did I lose you? No, I'm, I'm here. I'm just, just, I'm just, sometimes when you go back to a memory. <laughs> yeah. Then you get, it's like you're stuck there in, in a minute for a minute. Yeah. And that's, that's totally makes sense. Yeah. That was, that was, that was a hard one for folks. Absolutely. But you still made a really elegant point. I think eloquent, it's both eloquent and elegant point that even though you go through something hard and it's painful, it is still worth it. The value, the value that you experienced that the other individual experienced it is still worth it. Um, no question. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, so that was a fun, that was another fun tangent. So let's talk about, let's talk about some more of the prep. So if you remember, uh, this is what I was getting to earlier. We wanted to pack light. So if you remember, we were looking around for, we were looking around for like suitcases or backpacks. I think we decided like, oh, we're backpacking through Europe. So we went and we found some backpacks at one of the local like camping, you know, sporting goods stores. And I think we found some, some, quote, name brand uh, backpacks on sale. You remember that? I do. I just, I felt like at the time that was just God's blessing because it was, it was an extremely bargain price at the time. And it right. was a quality backpack. I, I actually still have that. I still use that backpack to this day to travel. I do. I have it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's great. a good brand. That thing, that thing is just high quality. I think it's called like Janpo. I can't remember. But anyway, I still I still use it. It's it's fantastic. That's, that's wild. No, I had mine for a while and then I lent it out and uh, I never got it back. <laughs> <laughs> because they like it so much. It's such good quality. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe. That's that's really funny that you still I had no idea that you still had it. That's hilarious. After all of like the various moves that you that you all have done going from being because we were obviously single and then you got married and you still have that backpack that's hilarious yeah oh yeah that's right that's that huge no it was it zipped up there was it was, it was a two for one there was like this yep. mini backpack that zipped from it from the main backpack so that that mini backpack like got burned in a fire when i got home it got i, I think i put it near a candle accidentally and it burned i was so upset i'm like oh, at least no. i have the main backpack <laughs> <laughs> I was going to talk about that because I don't remember if it had a waist strap or not. I think it did, but it didn't have it like did. a... It does. It has a waist strap, yeah. So it okay. really helps you like look more svelte and like it allows you just to... Yeah, <laughs> it was a great look. <laughs> I mean, it was... Our our backpacks, I, I remember that they weren't like super heavy, but they were, they were hefty and it would be if you had the zip-on because the zip-on was basically just like a normal backpack like school size backpack and it zipped like you said it zipped on to the larger backpack the larger backpack had nice thick shoulder pads and then to your point the hip the hip uh hip clip so that most of the weight could be centered on your hips but if you had a ton of stuff in that little backpack your balance would be a little bit wonky 
Um, but it was just, it was nice because we could, I think we typically checked, like if we got on one of the local airlines, um, I think it was Ryanair, maybe. I can't, I can't remember the names of the airlines that were running at the time, but it, it, they were smaller, kind of cheaper airfare. And we would use those on like bigger hops to go from, say, I don't know, Spain to England or from, from, from like Europe proper to um, any, any place in Great Britain. We would take these, these little jots and like we would use our, the little backpack as our, like our carry on. And then um, I think we typically had to check, but I can't remember actually, but it was just a very convenient backpack, like perfect for what we needed. Oh, absolutely. We stuffed a month's worth of yeah clothes and everything into that backpack. And I think you, you described this as looking like turtles every time we walked in, like <laughs> we were just like this, you, you, you smaller frame bodies with this gigantic, <laughs> like two feet behind us back. Yeah. So that's funny. Like most people that have heard this show have heard me talk about like how I'm like, especially for the Midwest and you and I have a very similar body type. So five, eight, you're probably right around five, eight. And back then we were like one twenty. actually, no, we were lifting because you, you, we were, we were lifting partners all throughout college. So I think the heaviest I got was in the one fifties. I don't remember. What was the heaviest you got? I'd say, yeah, 135, 140, just, yeah, that was, that was yeah. about as heavy as we could get, dude. <laughs> right, not not very heavy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the, like, so you imagine us, like smaller frame individuals, carrying around these big old backpacks, and especially towards the end after we had bought some souvenirs and everything, these things got kind of bulky, and it was pretty funny watching us walk around. We'd even get on like subways and like local trains with these things on. Um, yeah, but man, that was cool. So like, if you remember the flight over, we were in a really nice, well, I think we had like one layover or something, but the main flight we went from, I think it was out of Detroit. Like we, we left here in Columbus, but then I think we went to Detroit and then we took, then the flight from Detroit went to Paris and we were in a pretty nice airplane. We both had individual screens on the seats in front of us. I remember watching Troy, I think. Do you remember that? <laughs> That's right. That's right. That would have been the, the big movie then. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that dates us. And you can go look up the movie Troy with Brad Pitt and Eric Bana. Um, that was a, <laughs> that's right. Oh, and Orlando Bloom. Typical Orlando Bloom. That's right. Legolas. <laughs> <laughs> right. Legolas. That's funny. So we landed in Paris. So what was it like for you? Because when we got to Paris, we literally had no idea what we were doing. We had a, a game plan. We, we had reserved a hotel because we didn't, we didn't know if we could find something else to stay. So I remember I, I didn't want to have the stress of trying to find a place to stay. So I remember there we, we reserved a room, a place in a hotel. So we got there, but we couldn't even find a place. What was going through your mind when we landed in Paris and started tooling around Paris? Yeah, I remember. So we wanted to document a lot of our trips. So I remember pulling out the, the video camera and just kind of, <laughs> kind of trying to read like the signs in, in French about what to do. And, and then I, I remember just feeling stupid because there was English right below the sign. <laughs> and I was trying to interpret like, what, where to go, where to, what to do. And I think we were waiting for like a bus or something. Um, but no, I was at that point right there. I was kind of in a little bit of freak out mode yeah. because there wasn't a plan. We were in a literally a foreign land and, and it was getting, it was starting getting a little bit dark and I was just, super tired just you know the layover flying all the way right you know, across the ocean into paris 
And I'm like, do we even have a plan? Do we even know where the last thing I want to do is like march forever in, yeah. in an unknown city to a place that we don't even know where we're going. So yeah, no, I was, I think the anxiety was, was pretty high, uh, you know, <laughs> upon, upon arrival. Yeah, looking back, uh, the plan wasn't that great. I now that you were saying that, I was like my memories were starting to come back, and I can remember we I we had printouts of like the reservation of where we we're staying. So all we had was an address. I don't even know if we yeah. had a map of Paris with us. So we and we didn't know how the underground system worked there. I don't even know. You don't. It's not like the London Underground, but it's basically a big subway system that they have in France. But we had no idea how to navigate it. Everything, to your point, was in French, and neither of us knew that language. You had taken it like you had said earlier in high school, but it wasn't to the point where you could like navigate. And I, I don't. I, I, I think we asked. We tried asking somebody if they could tell us where to go. And I think one person might've been helpful and another person like screamed at us. Um, Eventually we got to the hotel. I don't, I don't remember how it was probably just miraculous or something, but I I remember those first couple of days in Paris. Like I think on the first day we, is, is this, is this right? I think we got to the hotel room after lots of anxiety to your point, but we eventually got there through various subway rides figuring things out but there were all those maps in the subway system and neither of us could figure out like how to know what train was going where and where it would stop and like what it meant but we did eventually get to the hotel and I think we went from the hotel and I think we started walking around kind of nearby because we figured out where Notre Dame was so I think we started walking that way am I getting my days mixed up did that happen later I think that happened later because it was pretty, I do remember it being pretty late when we finally arrived at, at our hotel. Um, and yeah. I remember just, yeah, talking to anybody. The only thing, the only French I knew enough was, was parlez-vous anglais, which basically means do you speak English? <laughs> <laughs> and they would always answer in like, un petit, a little. I'm like, well, good. We can start there. Talk, tell me where, you know, what do we need to, and just, just for the listener's benefit. I mean, this was 2004. So this was before like, cell phones, GPS, and so, yep. and I was directionally challenged. <laughs> I have no, yep. no idea, <laughs> like, anything. And so it was, it was a small miracle in and of itself that we that we got to where we needed to be and ended up at that, that hotel late, late that night. Yeah, looking back on it, it would have been better to have, I don't know, figured out which trains exactly we needed to take, where the airport was in conjunction with the hotel, um, but we did, we did find it. We got there. And then I remember the, uh, to your point, it would have been the next day. It, I think it took me about two full days of being there till I felt like I was comfortable, like n- knowing how the, the subway system went. Um, so while we were there, we hit up Notre Dame like a few times and we, we went in there and do you remember that the, the painting in there, there was a painting of Job. Do you remember that? Yeah, and all those different yeah caricature murals are about. Um, I think it was like the Last Supper and Joe. Right. And yeah, different things. I think we brought out the camera and started narrating yep. a little bit for fun. Yep. Yeah, and like just to clarify your point on the camcorder, that was like the camcorder that your family had, and so it was recording to like VH, like the small VHS tapes. So we didn't have anything <laughs> right. digital. Yeah, we were trying to do. Yeah. If you if you remember Than. 
he he lent us yeah. his digital camera. So we had one digital camera that we took around oh. and I don't remember what the limit was, but I think we ended up taking close to 300 and some digital pictures. But in addition to that, we had some, I don't think it was mine. <clears throat> we probably just borrowed it from somebody, but it was just like a typical like film camera. I still have tons of those pictures today. That's but, right. That's right. Okay. Wow. I forgot about that. Right, picking together all the all the things. Also, this is a fun fact. I don't remember if you had a like a like any kind of music with you, but I had like my discman that, that played CDs that I had all throughout college. Do you remember that thing? It was like red. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No, I was technologically. I was always behind technology. I was always the, the last person to embrace any kind of tech. So you, <laughs> you would have right. been high tech back then. <laughs> That's funny that, it, that uh, CD players was high tech back then because it's <laughs> there's people listening that don't even know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's great. No, I was such a caveman. I had I had like before we even left, I had picked out like a smaller, not case logic, but that's what you had back in the day. If you had a bunch of CDs that you listened to, you would have like a seat, a case logic or some similar thing that would hold all of your CDs. So I bought like a small compact one and I handpicked very specific CDs that I wanted to have with me, almost like my own Europe soundtrack. So I, I have loads That's of fond right. memories of riding in trains, listening to, to music or sitting wherever we would sit. I mean, you remember like we would just like especially in Paris, we just stop at local parks that we came by. We would walk along where the river Seine was and yeah. just kind of explore. It was so cool. Yeah, no, it just seemed like the whole culture over there was just so relaxed and just, I remember just everybody being like thin and like, seems like more like, you know, ish in shape. And like, I remember even the hotel where the bathrooms was super narrow. And I, in my mind, I was thinking like, man, like your typical, <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to be like disparaging it, but your typical American, there's no way they can fit. It was perfect for us because we were like super slender and it was like, yeah. you know, cut just for us, but everything was yeah. just so much smaller and, and narrower and everything. I just, I was just fascinated by all that. Yeah. That's, that's that was always like an, of an interesting experience is like how much more compact things were that we ran into and we, we weren't used to, we weren't used to that. Then, which was, it's, it's pretty that's funny. Right. Um, what was your, what was your favorite moment in Paris? Do you have one? So yeah, visiting some of those parks. I think we visited, uh, oh gosh, what was that? That palace of Versailles, I want to say. Oh I'm gosh, yeah. Sure we went to Versailles. We did. We walked along. Yeah, Cause I was a big fan gardens. of that movie. Oh, what was it? The Leonardo DiCaprio movie, the, the man in the iron mask. <laughs> well, that's I right. I'm like, I want to visit Versailles. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And we went there. We were on the grounds of Versailles, and we were commenting on how about some of the, the the intricacies of the gardens, and we called them crop circles because <laughs> they looked like oh, yeah. something out of an an alien, you know, invasion or something. But it was it was beautiful. I, I just just yeah, Paris was just, it was just gorgeous. It was beautiful. I love I loved it. Yeah, there was it was around that time that the movie Signs came out. Which was they had like the crop that's circles right, and stuff. That's yeah. right. That's where we got the crop circle. Yeah, yeah. That's probably that's probably where that came from. But I remember you making that comment and like, being like yeah, these do look like crop circles. Yeah, we spent the whole day walking the uh, the gardens of of Versailles. We didn't go inside. Like you had to pay for both, and so we just decided which one. We just decided outside because it was a really nice day. But I remember all the fountains that's and right. like so many people walking around. I was pretty tired by the end of that 
by the end of that jaunt. Yeah, that's I, right. Uh, what a what a good time. I really liked when I think it was the last night, the, <clears throat> one of the last nights that we were there, and we went down by. We were just like walking around exploring as we often did, but we were walking around near near Notre Dame, and uh, I think we heard music, um, and like we ended up walking down by the by the water and there was a the group of people that were just like dancing and like they were playing music on like a stereo, but it was like waltz music, I think. And as soon as one song would stop, everybody would stop dancing and some people would be done. And then another song would start up and then people would either continue dancing, but most everybody would find a new partner and then people would get up from where they were sitting and go pick a new partner. And I, I remember being a little bit enthralled by that because I'd obviously never seen anything like that. I do remember that vaguely. I remember when I think we visited the Eiffel Tower. I think we had like a, a meal up there or something. Yep. And then I remember walking down on the ground and like I, I've heard that the, they call Paris the, the city of lovers or, or whatever. I think <laughs> I've heard that somewhere. Yeah. And I remember there was just all these couples on the lawn just like making out and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember like I felt like I literally felt like a single person on Valentine's Day. Like it was yeah. just like, huh. I think because both you and I were just you know, kind of going off back to back hearty. <laughs> it was just like, yep. huh, <laughs> this is interesting. Everywhere you look, people are like together and doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Oh, oh man. Just, yeah, yeah, we were, we were both <laughs> nursing uh, very recent kind of heartaches and confusion uh, because we had, well, I'll leave it at that. We were nursing heartaches uh, with, with um with females that we we had been interested in and it didn't go the way we were hoping obviously as as what happens but yeah being in paris of all places um when you're thinking about an, another person that you were interested in that no, nothing's going to happen then you see all these couples being all yeah making out and whatnot that was pretty ironic to be honest <laughs> yes that's right <laughs> So after Paris, we flew into Rome. I think we did two nights there. We arrived there. It was the same situation, dude. We got there like really late at night. Like it was dark out. Uh, it was easier, at least in my memory, it was easier to get to the hotel. Do you, is that in your memory or am I remembering incorrectly? I think you're, I think that is correct. I, I just, I remember it not being as stressful. Um, I do remember being a little bit sad, just like, finally getting used to a place and then going to a new place. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I think it was a, a much smoother transition when we, yeah, when we came into Rome and, and found that little, uh, that little hotel or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't as shocking getting into Rome like it was getting into France. Um, Cause I think no, we were just getting used to the changes. And I remember when we got to yep. the hotel, I think we went out after we checked into the hotel, I think we came back out and there was a group of like, I don't know, 12 college age American dudes, I think. I don't know if there was any females with them, but I just remember they were loud and they were all like wasted. And like somebody came out and like shushed them. And I was like kind of cracking up. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember like thinking, oh, yeah, it's the typical American, just like loud and kind of crazy and <laughs> like, huh, oh, yes, that's. There you go. They're representing us well. <laughs> yeah, we're not with those those people. <laughs> Don't know those guys. <laughs> Don't know them at all. And then it, I remember, I think the the thing about Rome 
that was in everybody's mind before we went there is like, that's the place with the most pickpockets. I don't know if that was true, but that was what either we were told. That was information that we cleaned. So I remember being extra like wary in, in Rome, nothing happened. But if you, if you remember, they did have an underground system, but it was basically just like a giant X and it couldn't be as, because basically they would always, I think what was explained to us by somebody there is they, they didn't have as an elaborate of a underground subway system because anytime they try to dig tunnels, they end up running into ruins of something and they can't like destroy that. So over time they've done that, but they were also buses and everything. But we literally spent the next day going all throughout Rome. I think we made it through most of the city. What was your favorite part in walking around Rome? Yeah, no, I loved visiting like the ruins and like I remember we, we took a few pictures on the on the camp, did some video of like, hey, this is this could have been possibly where you know Paul was preaching yep. and uh, the Apostle Paul from the Bible and and just yeah, touching those those big pillars and and those different temples and seeing all that architecture and I was what was interesting about Rome that I had it seemed like everybody and their grandmother drove a moped. Like, I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> oh, and, like, yeah. everybody smoked. I felt like everybody oh, yeah. smoked. Yeah. Which, I don't know if Europe was a little bit, like, maybe a generation or so behind the U.S. in terms of, you know, the health or whatever. I remember, like, things were transitioning where, you know, there was no more smoking sections and smoking was just kind of, you know, not so much a thing, but, like, everybody yeah, people, smoked. <laughs> it was crazy. You sit down the table next to you, they could be smoking. We were used to having... I think they were like getting rid of smoking sections at the time where we yeah, in America yeah. where we were. So you couldn't even right. smoke in a restaurant anymore, but over there you could smoke anywhere you wanted. There were people smoking in, in the, in the airports. Oh, every, everybody smoked. Like it was, it would be like, it would be like not normal if you didn't smoke. And people like that's, that's what I just distinctly remember. Everyone just rode this little moped and everybody smoked like a chimney. It was just, yeah, and all, you, that that reminds me because like you had to be really wary crossing the streets there because like they didn't care. <laughs> right, those little mopeds. Yeah, right. they didn't care. They'll run over you. You gotta watch out. <laughs> uh, we got our exercise worth touring that city for sure. That was that's some good time. Did you remember? Like, did we? Did we? I mean, I I remember going to the Vatican. That, that must have been like the day after we, we went around the city of Rome proper, because I think that's a little bit of a jaunt to get to the yep. Vatican. But that place that's was right. huge, and there was a line to get into St. Peter's Cathedral. Did they not let you in? I can't remember. I do remember seeing, like, the guards with the spears. Um, yeah, the colored ornamental... garments. That was wild. Yeah, it, it was just... Um, but they were, it was, it was yeah, pretty the, strict with the dress yeah. code. And I remember like you, before you went in, lots of times people had to, like, you couldn't be wearing a tank top. And I remember people had that's to like, right. That's what, that was our like primary dress. You're right. We were wearing those A shirts. Those, uh, those I guess they're called white beaters. <laughs> <laughs> and I was wearing flip flops, which, you know, was my, my choice. Oh yeah. That was your go-to. And so that was my go-to, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's no way they were going to let me in. <laughs> Like you were, you were a real pilgrim. You were hardcore walking all over the place, not with walking shoes. Like you did the whole trip in, in flip flops. That, that's amazing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Like that's right. have... I remember wanting to find like Roman, actual, authentic oh, Roman yeah. sandals. 
<laughs> Fail. I, I, didn't, I couldn't find any, so I was just stuck with the flip-flops. But, I completely yeah, forgot so, that, so, but so, yeah, so. We, we legitimately had our eyes open for Roman sandals, authentic leather <laughs> <laughs> from antiquity Roman sandals. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I think that's when we. I think there was like a little bit of a, a money conflict. <laughs> I think yeah. you and I. Because I remember, I remember going to the Coliseum. Oh, I do remember this. And I was so mad because I just wanted a quick little picture with like the you know the actors and our centurions or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember, <laughs> but <laughs> one of the guys like fake like you know we got in the picture and he like used this you know fake sword or whatever and like. Hit you like down low. <laughs> oh my gosh, I do remember that. Yes, and like you're like trying to grimace the pain, and I'm like, thanks for the picture. Like thinking like you know, no big deal. And then they like he ends up like saying, well, that'll be like you know five euros or whatever. I'm like, are you kidding me? That was just a trap. I'm like, what? Yeah, it was a trap. <laughs> that was just like the point. Where, like, why? Why would you charge for that? And, like, I just remember being a stickler. Like, why are we being charged for like things that you know more or less should be free? And just oh, that was fun. Yeah, it's an, they didn't even ask. They just they took the picture. I mean, it wasn't like, hey, this is five dollars. Are you sure you want to or five euro or whatever it was? This is it costs this much. Do you want to do it? Like we literally just kind of like went up and yeah, he he uh, he did some sort of a sword move uh, to uh, <laughs> to an area I would rather he him not have a sword anywhere near on me. And I remember being real mad about that, not liking the picture. And then, yeah, we I, we had to. Pay, I totally forgot about that. We had to pay for it. That's really funny. Uh, yeah. So that's right, kicking us, kicking us while we're down. Yeah. <laughs> right. So after after Rome, which Rome was awesome. I I remember. Do you remember the British people that we ran into at the end of Rome? Like we were at that the fountain of Rome, the beautiful fountain at night. And we ran into the, and it was like relieving. It's like, oh, you speak English. And so we had like a talk. Do you remember that? I do not. I, I vaguely remember that. I do remember the fountain. I think it was called Triumph. I can't pronounce it. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah Rome de Triumph. Beautiful fountain. No, I'm getting the that confused. I said it was the. Yeah, no, you're thinking France. Yep, exactly. Was, yeah. yeah, it was just some amazing fountain. But there was a lot of amazing fountains that I remember. Yeah, right. There was some kind of conversation with some folks there, but. Yeah, yeah cuz we were talking with them about like what to expect when we got into London. I rem- I kind of remember that. But anyway, so That's we went That's right cuz that was going to be our last portion of our trip, you're right. Yep. So, once we were done with Rome, if you remember, we we just bought tickets while we were there and we took the train north up to I don't know what it's called. I mean, people made fun of us because we, I think we were calling it the Cinque Terre or Cinque Terre or something like that. And we were, we were made fun of by people here, no matter what, how we pronounced it. And I don't even know if we asked. That's right. Do you remember? But we got there. I do. What do you, what do you remember about that? Like the train ride there and then getting there? I remember that, um, that train ride was, yeah, it was pretty amazing. I think there was some beautiful scenery. Oh yeah. Um, going into, yeah, to the, to the coast of, of Italy to, to hear, to visit this, this um this place that you know we've heard so many good things about yeah and um yeah i don't know you're, you're gonna make fun of me for this but you remember like i've always one of my dreams in life was to see like crystal clear oh, water yeah. <laughs> and i really wanted to i really wanted to swim in it like you know ponce de leon in the fountain of youth i just wanted to bathe myself <laughs> in, in like crystal clear water because i've never done that you know we've had myrtle beach and like you know all the time and all these things that were just kind of murky but i'm like yeah. i just I just can't wait to see crystal clear 
you know, beautiful water and swim in it. That was like a dream. Well, it makes complete sense because all the water that's around here is kind of disgusting. It's not, it's not beautiful at all. So like it was a novelty right. for you and I to be at a place and it was so blue. Do you remember like the first oh time gosh. we saw it, it was so blue, like sapphire. It was beautiful. That's right. We were standing on, a, on like a bridge and I was looking down. I'm like, we got to get down there as fast <laughs> as we can. Right. And just, and just get in that water and, yeah, and you would make fun of me later on after you saw my swimming ability, but like <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was a bit of a jerk, I'll admit it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you video you videotaped that thing. That was great. Uh, yeah, well it was it was awesome, like because you had been looking forward to doing it for so long. Um and I was oh, a yeah. bit of a jerk with my commentary. But I had never seen I don't think I had ever seen you swim, but like and I and you were like a self taught swimmer. Like you never took swimming classes, right? But you could swim. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, like I mean that's that's crazy amazing. Like you're swimming around in the ocean, you never had like like and you were just a self taught swimmer. So anyway <laughs> <laughs> now if you remember this this the, our first night there in that city was the one that I got really anxious about and I got really stressed out about because we, this, it was the first place we hadn't reserved a place to stay. So we got there. We didn't know where we were going to stay. And all of the towns are connected by essentially like walk, like walk, walking, walkable trails. And I think when we got into the first city, we couldn't find a Like we didn't know how to find a place to stay. And like, we couldn't find, and like, so somebody I think mentioned, Oh, there's a hostel, but it's over in this other city. We were like, Oh, how do we get there? And like, you can take the trail. So I just remember not having a place to stay. And we just started like walking and we, we were walking while the sun was going down at different times. We had to like run. Um, and when we got to the hostel, it was completely packed. There was no place for us to stay. I think, and then we basically were like, I got to the point where I was like, oh, I guess I'm just going to sleep out on the trail. Like, I guess we're just going to not have a home tonight. And then I think I made peace with that. And you're like, Lance, that's stupid. We need to find a place to stay. <laughs> and like you, you were like, we're going to find a place to stay. And I think we found like a cafe. And I think we just decided to sit down and have something to eat. Cause we had, we were sweating cause we had been running all over the place and like, in in typical like your skill set you struck up a conversation with there was a group of italian guys and there were some well i think they were actually american females because they spoke english and i think they said they were from some some state i don't remember what they were doing there but anyway we struck up a conversation and we found out that they they rented apartments like they could rent apartments to us so I think we worked it out that we rented an apartment. I don't remember how many nights we stayed there, but we stayed there quite a few nights. Do you remember that? I do. I do. I remember I, I had some strong memories about that, that whole thing. Cause I remember they, the first village. So there was like five villages within the Sincaterra and that first village that we came, um, I think we had, we had a, a dinner or something uh, overlooking the ocean or the Mediterranean yeah. And had the fish and everything. I remember that whole trail, it was called like the lover's trail, or whatever. So that was just kind of <laughs> ironic, you know, coming from like the, the Parisian experience. I'm like, man, yeah. there's just so many, so many reminders of just singleness. <laughs> it's funny, like, this would just be great. Like I, I remember dreaming, like I would love to take like my future wife or whatever here. It's just, it's just gorgeous. But, um, but That's no, this so is what funny. happened. This, this, I know, I remember this almost like it was yesterday. We were actually, 
eventually wanting to go to this hospital because I remember seeing a flyer in um, before about this really cool like kind of party place or whatever in, in the next village. Yep. What happened was we sat in this little cafe area or whatever, and we we happened to strike up that conversation like you had mentioned, but I didn't trust the guy. Like I remember he was just kind of smoking and just kind of speaking in different languages and then back to us. And I'm like, and I remember like you were agreeing and I was telling him like, no, no, I don't, I don't trust this. Guy. Oh, that's right. Just, yeah. I just had a bad feeling, which was, uh, it was absurd now in retrospect, but I'm like, let's just go, let's just make the hike over as fast as we can and try to get to the hospital which we didn't. And then that's when we freaked out when, when it was already booked out when we went, rent, we walked all the way to the next village. And I'm like, uh, let's try to find that guy. Cause I don't want to stay out, you know, at, under the stars tonight. So we booked it and he, they happened to still be there. Like, Oh yeah. Um, instead of, yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and take you up on your offer. <laughs> that's what happened. And, we, and it ended up being a great place. I'm like, I'm like, I should have just listened to you and went against my instinct. I don't know why I just thought, in my mind, like, dude, this guy's bad news. I, I don't know. He's going to he's gonna kill us and rock. <laughs> no, I mean, I, looking back on it, especially now, I think you were probably, because we didn't know. Like, it wasn't like we yeah. knew that there were places to stay. It was just this random individual. We didn't know yeah. him. We didn't know anybody that was around him. I think I'm, if I did feel okay, it was probably just because of the, because of the American girls were there. And they didn't seem to be bothered by anything. So I think that might have been like, oh, like they're cool. They're not. But like there, there is every re- I think you had every reason to be concerned in that situation because it's not like a formal place that we were staying. For all we knew, it was like some seedy landowner that was just like, yeah, I've got all these apartments like you can stay in this one. But, you know, somebody will come in there in the middle of the night and tie you up and take your stuff like that could have happened that's but right they didn't really we right. didn't really have much for anybody to take <laughs> that's right that's right and that ended up being a fantastic little place too it was just it was great right. It was just right there and we kind of had that be our home base and um yeah we really enjoyed that that time there i i can remember like going back to the sandals comment like we we took i think we we did like four of the five we did the hike to four of the five cities and the and the trails got more and more rugged um as we yep. went and we were going through some like rough trails and you were like rolling with your sandals no issue you remember that <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's right there's flip-flops oh man it was great with a backpack man you were like you were like rolling with a backpack and sandals on like rugged territory i just remember being like man that's because like you your your ankles were fine like your feet were fine you didn't have any issues like that was just that was just wild to me and, but then we had to make the trek back <laughs> because we didn't we didn't stay there right so we had to walk all the way back if you remember that's right. That's right. I remember we, we, we got lost at one point in trying to get to a, one of the villages and somehow the train, we didn't know where we were going and, and somehow ended up in a place where we needed to be. It was, it was at the, thinking about it now, I felt like it was a kind of a small miracle. Like we, we somehow got on a train where we didn't know where it was going and it ended <laughs> right. up being at the right place or something. Yeah. I, I can remember being on a thing and like we got off and it was like, wait, this isn't where we're supposed to be. And I think right. we ended up figuring out that it had overshot the city that we were in. So we ended up having to get back on another train because, because the train that we were on, like didn't even stop at the city that we thought 
or the, the city that we thought that it was going to stop at. It just stopped at a completely different city that we weren't in. So then I think we got back on another right. train and then we ended up back there. I don't, I don't know if that's right or not, but I can remember that was kind of stressful too. But anyway, that's I right. think that might've been when we made the decision to not go to Greece because we had already traveled from like mid Italy north up to Italy. So I think that might've been when we made the decision, maybe not, but if memory serves. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I'm looking at my, I guess my kind of generic notes here from September 2004, we actually got on a train and headed for, I don't even know why, we just switched directions and we headed to, to, um, to Switzerland. We went to Switzerland, we went to yep. Zurich, Switzerland. Yep. From there. And that, we weren't planning on that, I don't think. We just decided. No, I don't, that was not part of the plan. We just decided to go instead of the Greece, like we just decided to nix that. And, and yeah, and go on a train to Switzerland and into the very expensive city of <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember? So like that, that was a really, really interesting train ride because we took it at night. I don't remember if it was an all night train. I feel like it was, but we, we, it was, it was a night train and it went from Northern Italy straight into Switzerland. And it, it, I think it went straight to Zurich. I don't know if we had any stops or not, but there was that dude right. sitting next to us who was a, he was a Belgian dude. And he was jacked. You remember? I do not remember that train ride. Um, I do uh, remember it being at night, though. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me. This this will probably jog your memory because you start you you got your video camera out once we got to our destination and like you you kind okay. of interviewed him and you're like, "What do you want to say to the people back home?" And he's like, "Hello, I got. I was having a good time with meeting these two guys." And he sounded kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger ish. And then he basically made a comment like, I like these two guys as long as they didn't vote for Bush because everybody. That's in Europe right. Hated I do Bush. remember that. Yes, that's right. Because <laughs> that was more Bush, not all that. Yes, the, the Bush. Yeah, the, okay. Yes, I do remember. Isn't that, isn't that wild? <laughs> that <laughs> is wild. Wow. 2004. Yes. So, man, I don't, I don't remember. Like, it's just so wild. But the, he was, he, I really liked him. I thought he was a cool dude, but I, I remember him being just like, yep. he, was a, he was a big guy. I think he was wearing a hoodie. Who knows where he was coming from or too, but that was like one of the interesting, because I think you were talking about this, like a, you were looking forward to bumping into like the random people. And like, he was like one of those random people that we bumped into. We had a great conversation with him. I remember on the train. That's right. And then yep. you interviewed him a little bit. He probably gave us some pointers. <laughs> That's right. And we, we, yeah, I think we went to a, we couldn't find a place. I think we just, went to the first hotel we found and I remember just being expensive. But at that point I just didn't care. I'm like, I'm tired, whatever the nightly rate is, let's just go. And I remember getting McDonald's and, and it was ex- so expensive. But at that point I just did not care. So oh tired. my gosh. I didn't remember that. You said you kind of broke up there, but you said we ended up going to McDonald's in Zurich, right? Yes. And I'm just like, I just, okay, this is American. This is something that I know. Like, I'll just, yeah, give me a, the value meal or whatever. And I think it was like, you know, 10 euros or whatever. Yeah. So it might have been like a $20 meal. <laughs> at that point, I just did not care. I was hungry and I was tired. We were so hungry. I, t- I completely forgot about the McDonald's trip. And yeah, we both like, I think we, well, I don't know if you did, but I kind of felt embarrassed because our whole ego thing, my whole ego thing, I'm not going to speak for you. My whole ego thing about going on that trip was to be not American and like get the, get the local experience. So like, I just felt, I remember feeling embarrassed about it, but it was all just because of my ego. So not, not worth it. But yeah, when we got there, you remember it was, we stayed at a hostel and that was the first hostel we had stayed at. Do you remember that? I do. I remember it was, it was, 
I was shocked about how clean it was. I remember walking right. into the bath. I was expecting kind of like your dirty, typical, you know, bathroom. And it was spotless. It was like, it so was just, nice. Everything was just super clean and nice. Yeah. I felt like that hostel was cleaner than the hotels that we had stayed in up to that point. I think it was. And yeah. just all the, the water, all the drinking fountains were just so fresh. And just the river that flowed through the city, it was just, yeah, it was, it was something else. I can tell why that was such an expensive city to live in. It was just flawless. Well, yeah, they, I think in, in retrospect, they're, they're, I think it's the, the cleanliness is, um, well, it's, it's considered, at the time, it was considered one of the cleanest cities, I think, in the world, if not the cleanest city in the world. Yes. And um, yep. when we ended up in the next stop, which was London, I still had water from, like, a Switzerland tap. And that'll <laughs> be a, right. that'll be a funny story, but somebody was like, oh, you could sell that. That water is so clean from the Swiss tap that you could sell that on the black market here, which we'll get to that fun story <laughs> in a minute. But, yeah, it was, it was really it was cool. Really- and if you remember... We stayed in a room. It was a four-person room, and the two other beds that were in, because it was basically two bunk beds, and the other two beds mm-hmm. were occupied. And when we got there, somebody was already, like, asleep in their bed. So you and I got to the open bunks that were there. I don't remember if the, if the fourth, fourth person was there, but it was, it was, like, one random dude that was already asleep, and we never saw him again. Like, he got up before we got up and was gone. So we never met whoever that was. Um, and then we, I think it was, I don't remember where the guy was from. Maybe he was from Bel, but we met another individual there who was like our age. I think he was like college age student. And we ended up walking around Switzerland with him, I think on the second day. Do you remember that? Yeah. So you're talking about the New Zealand guy? No, it was a guy before. So we met the New Zealand guy that night when we got to the hostel, I think. But there was this other guy who walked around with us in, in Zurich before we met the guy from New Zealand. Because the guy from New Zealand was the, like an oil rig worker person. Um, That's right. That's right. I, don't, I, just, I don't remember where that other guy was from. It's going to bother me. But yeah, to your point, I mean, we ran into that guy, the Kiwi, right? His name was Chris. Now I remember. It's Chris. Whoa, you remembered his name? Me. Yeah, because I think he like emailed me. He 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 just really enjoyed us. Like, and he wanted. I remember he wanted to take us back to New Zealand. He was like saying like, "Oh man, all the girls would love you. You guys have accents and all this stuff." And he was just he, in his mind. He just thought that wherever we would go, like we're gonna like pick up women or whatever. <laughs> I, I do remember that. Oh yeah, because he he was all about like he was looking for ladies to pick up while we were there. That's right, big time. Like that's what he was about. Like it yeah, was like didn't... next level. Like where are the ladies at? <laughs> Yeah, why didn't we go to New Zealand with him? Man, we should have done that. We're idiots. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. I No, I can remember we were out having beers somewhere with him. And uh, you, were, you were interviewing him on video again, because I can remember going back and seeing this video. And he's like, I'm having a good time hanging out with these two guys. We're having beer, and I'm really looking forward to finding some entertainment. Like yeah. Nick, Nick. <laughs> yes, that's what he called it, entertainment. <laughs> he said it so so coy like entertainment. He was like moving his head around, moving his eyebrows. <laughs> it was so funny. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's great. It was just so good. Yeah, and then we got to have a couple more beers with him when we got back to the and I think you started emailing people because if you remember they had we we had access to 
um, computers in the, and so this will, this will be kind of a funny thing to talk about while we were there again, to your point, nobody had cell phones or anything. And if you wanted to get on the internet, you had to go to a, like an internet cafe, right? So every once in a while we would go to an internet cafe, or in this case at the hostel, you have access to a computer and get on the internet and every once in a while, we would check our email, and then we would email people back home or read an email and reply to an email, because I think that's what you were doing when we got back to the hostel that night. Do you do you remember what was going on, what you were doing? Yeah, I just wanted to name back then, you just didn't know what was going on in the home front. We had, you know, we had a lot of great just relational things going on with, with people from, from back home, and I just wanted to send kind of a an email about how we're doing and like, hey, is anyone and share what's going on at home. And I think at the time I was like, I wanted to know like how the Buckeyes were doing. I think they were playing like a team. Oh, wow. And that's right. There was just no way to know. Like there was, you just didn't know what was going on. So that was, yeah, that <laughs> was fun. I feel like we, I completely forgot about that, but it was in September. So that would have been during Buckeye football season. Didn't we try to yeah. ask at some location if they would turn on the Buckeye football game and they just looked at us like we were morons. Did that happen or am I making that up? That sounds right. Yeah. And I, I think we were able to watch like a little bit of something. I think it was, they were, it was a big enough draw where it somehow was able to get something, but. Yeah. I, I yeah. vaguely, I vaguely remember that, but yeah, that, that's really funny. When did, did you ever get like, bef- like before we knew we were going home, did you ever get to the point where you're like, I think I'm actually done. I don't really want to be here. I'm ready to go home. Did you get that at all while we were there? I do remember being a little bit homesick and <laughs> not to bring up like, hurtful experiences but i think i think there was like there was some like weird issues going on between you and i do you remember that? it was just, just kind of weird i think it was mostly centered around like our use of money like oh, yeah Dude, we, just, we had multiple points yeah. of conflict on on the trip we did we did we were like best friends and we're just like it was just this weird tension <laughs> we had a we had a few times where we just needed to not be around each other for like the day <laughs> i think yes yeah but I, if you remember when also as, as you can be when you're when you're bros in in your single, you can just kind of be kind of harsh with each other. So I think I think there was a few times I know I was just more rude to you than I should have been. I don't know if it was because I was being grumpy or whatever the deal was, but or maybe. Yeah, a lot of times it would be money where I'd be like, dude, let's just go here and have food. And you'd be like, dude, like, do you see how expensive it is here? And then you would like actually tabulate how much you just spent like every time which you should like that's actually being like a good steward and i'd be like (laughs) i'd be like man we have to eat so let's just go eat but i could i could remember being a personally being a moron when we were in the chinca terra and we were getting a lunch or something and it ended up being whatever we spent was like more than both of us thought and i was actually a (laughs) dummy because I think the guy didn't speak English, but I basically picked out like four pieces of not pizza, like what we would have here, but like they had like a, some kind of a, like a really authentic Italian pizza looking type thing. I think I got like three or four pieces of it and he kept trying to hand me back money. And I kept being like, no, I don't need it. Like, and I think he was just trying to hand me back <laughs> change or something. And I didn't get it. And then when I went back, you figured out how much you spent and you were mad about that. And then because you did that exercise, I went back and did it. And I was like, oh, shoot, I think I just spent like 20 euro, which was like really expensive. <laughs> and I felt like such a dummy. But yes, we had a lot of conflict around even, I think, where we would stay. Because I, I can remember you really wanting to be in a hostel and me being like, I don't want to be around people. 
you being like, That's I want to be around people. So yeah, we ended up liking all of our hostel stays, but what other, what other points of, like, I think also at times I wanted to go to maybe a specific place in a city and you kind of want to do something else. And at first we kind of thought we had to do everything together. And then we started figuring out, Oh, like we can actually like do different stuff occasionally. Is that, do you have any memory like that? That's right. Yeah. I, and this is just such petty, dumb stuff now, thinking about it 20 years later. Of course. But I remember I was getting upset because we were doing that whole like videotaping and taking pictures and like, you know, reality TV kind of stuff, documenting. And I was like getting upset. I'm like, man, Lance is getting all the video time. Like, how come, how come he doesn't want to, you know, do video interviews with me? And so how come I'm always having to take pictures of it? <laughs> I remember just thinking that. And I remember just thinking about just like, just, stupid stuff I'm like well why is he why is he t- basically get to choose everywhere where we're going how, how come i can't get to choose and why i just i just it was oh man oh was, we, we just, i remember we did it have got to... to a point where it was like ridiculous and then we finally just passed it out um you know over oh, i can't remember over i talk about it later on down the road but i think yeah, it was actually was just, what wasn't it in the chincatera where we had like that like talk because because i i completely forgot about that but like I I could get so headstrong back then that I would just start making decisions and not consider anybody else around me. If you remember that happened in our group of friends where I would always pick like movies um, and I would just, I would go through like states where I would just assume everybody wanted to see the movie that I was picking out. And then everybody had to like sit me down and be like, Lance, not everybody likes Kung Fu movies as much as you. Not everybody likes martial arts (laughs) action movies as much as you do. And it was like, it was like an aha moment for me then where I was like, oh, crud. Every time we go to Blockbuster, I'm always the one who picks the movie. And I'm not even asking anybody else their opinion. I feel like it was you and probably Melody that kind of told me that. And I don't remember if it got better or not, but I remember that. But it was a similar thing where I was so like focused on me and Europe and what I want to do with Europe that I, I think I did kind of like keep making decisions without consulting you, especially when we got off of the, when we were in those moments of like no agenda where it wasn't like, okay, we're going to this city next and we're going to this city next. I think I would default to I'm picking the place and then I would. And I feel like it was the Cinque Terre where we ended up sitting down and you were basically like, yeah, dude, I am mad at you because I feel like I'm not getting any say in this trip. And this trip is supposed to be about our trip to Europe. And like, it's really just the Lance show. Am I remembering, remembering that correctly? Yeah. I think it, I think it built up throughout the trip. I think it was actually a little bit later. Cause I do remember us having a discussion that you were intent on finding like Mountain Dew or something. You like really wanted Mountain Dew. You couldn't find Mountain Dew anywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think you finally, I think you finally found it somewhere in the city. I can't remember where it was. And then I think we had to talk after that. It was um, in Madrid. It was our, really just, our stint in Madrid. Okay. Yeah. When it really just all came together, I think we we started becoming much more on the same page. But yeah, I think we were just kind of like taking like mini shots at each other, and like I was just oh, reluctantly yeah. following. I'm like, oh, why are we doing this? Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, but you were the peacemaker. I feel like in the situation, like, because I I feel like I was getting annoyed and we were taking shots at each other, but we weren't outright saying what was going on. I feel like you kind of initiated the conversation. And then I definitely remember having an aha moment. And uh, yeah, I think you're completely right. I'm kind of remembering the conversation. It was in Spain 
And I think I wanted to get a video of myself drinking Mountain Dew. And like, I found what I thought was a Mountain Dew and it wasn't a Mountain Dew. And like, you're like, okay. Cause I think you were like, Lance, like literally you keep being on the video and like, now you want me to just video you drinking Mountain Dew. And like, I think that was part of what we hashed out. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, we, we set our piece and hopefully I got a little better for the rest of the trip. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's, I felt like if anything, that was just, uh, for, for listeners who might understand that, no, I felt like it was just a bit of a spiritual attack and just wanted to really, you know, the, the enemy of our souls wanted to ruin our friendship and ruin, ruin the trip. And we, yeah, I had to really just wrestle and pray through that uh, during my times alone. And, um, yeah. I'm just, I'm really glad it was it would be resolved in, in in a good in a good way for sure. Yeah, I'm really glad we were able to resolve it before we came back because that would have stunk if the rest of the trip had kind of continued to marinate in that way. <clears throat> yeah, because it was getting to the point where we just weren't having having fun. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's and it, like it's almost inevitable, especially if you're going to spend a month with the same person. I mean, we obviously know it now because we've been. Um, you know, when you, when you and Becca got married and then shortly after that, Kim and I got married and when you're married, you have points of contention with your, with your spouse, but you, you end up spending, you know, that much time with one individual, you're almost inevitably going to, you know, butt heads at some point. So it's better just to figure it out, talk through it and get to a place of resolution. Absolutely. Then let it Yeah. Simmer. If anything, that was a really good lesson of just having to fight for the relationship more yeah. than you know than letting the issues like tear you apart like we we had to, we had to literally in our minds like you know what okay i might not agree with certain things but this relationship is still worth it and it's worth fighting for right yeah very well said really well said um well i now now i'm self-conscious of guiding this conversation for so long <laughs> no no you're doing great <laughs> we're, we're still stuck in switzerland <laughs> We still got like three more countries. We we better we gotta better get this train moving. <laughs> no pun intended. I thought I was gonna say like, well, maybe Romy wants to go and not in this chronological order. Maybe he wants to talk about a different country now. Maybe I should let him pick the country to talk about. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so yeah, well, moving on. Yeah, so after Switzerland, like we we had fun in Switzerland, but it was only a few nights and it was really expensive. We got that time in the candy store, you remember? We were talking about this before we recorded. I- I do remember. I just remember being getting to a point of, of extreme frustration about how much money we we're spending so and how much, much. I did, cause I, as you remember, I, I didn't have a job to go back to. Like I literally, yep. in my mind, figured that I would have a a job handed to me at, in in ministry. Like I, I I mistakenly thought that there would be something available <laughs> to come back to. <laughs> um, and so I, I quit my full time job. So I'm like thinking like I, I still I need to have at least some funds to make sure you know things are okay when I get back and we just spent I, I personally just spent an atrocious amount of money on, on gummy bears on a bag of gummy bears like I, I just remember it being at least 15 maybe 20 dollars for a bag of gummy bears <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like it was crazy the really funny thing about that is we went into this candy store and you really liked gummy bears. I found some kind of a, or you found some gummy candy. I don't remember exactly what it was. And I yeah, found yeah. some kind of sour patch kid off brand thing, but I didn't, I wasn't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I remember you got more than I did, but it was like in bulk. 
So you remember you you got your shovel and you dug out of the big thing and you put into a bag whatever you wanted and there was no price. So basically you went up to the counter, they weighed it, and it's not like you can change your mind then. So it was really frustrating. I mean, you remember that? Like they wait and you're like, wait, how much? I, I remember because I'm like, in my mind, I'm like doing some mental math. Each one of these gummy bears is like 50 cents. Oh yeah. And I saw you like putting your hand and grabbing some of my gummy bears. And I'm like, <laughs> there's another 50 cents. There's another dollar fifty of my gummy bears. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Such a scarcity mindset. Like these are my, my precious. He <laughs> went. He went full blown Smeagol on the gummy bears. I do. I'm like he. He wants it. <laughs> Here's what I need to do. I need to send you like a big bag of gummy bears and just send it to you like in an Amazon order or something. That's what I need to do. Oh, I'm just still funny. holding on to that. Like, oh, it's still at least two bucks worth of gummy bears that I'll never have back from Switzerland. Boy, I sure was an a hole back then. <laughs> No, no, not at all. Just kidding. Oh my gosh. Oh, but it was, it was so fun. So anyway, after Switzerland, where did we go? We flew, didn't we? I want to say we went to London. Yeah, you're right. Because, yeah, I think that makes, I think we somehow went, ended up in Germany-ish and then flew out or something. I vaguely remember. Yeah, I remember we took, I think it was another night flight. I think, or we got, we got into, no, I don't, I don't remember when we, when we, I, so here's the deal. Yeah. We got into London. Do you want to say the funny story of how you got into, um, how you, how your airport experience versus mine? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's right. Because I obviously being a, um, British citizen, I was able to go with my, you know, my red passport or whatever and go through just fine. And, and I remember them at, I remember learning a fun fact. I'm like, like, oh yeah, I'm good. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a British citizen. And then the person at the, the line at the airport corrected me like, no, we, you're a subject. You're a British subject. We have a queen. I go, oh, all right, fine. I'm, I'm a, I'm a British subject and just let me through. But, um, That's but funny. you had some tremendous challenges with on, on your end. And so you can, yeah, I was, I went, you know, on my way and just was waiting on you to get through the, your own, the customs or whatever. And so you had, you had quite the experience. Yeah, it's funny because I think this story came up on a, a podcast I haven't published yet, but it'll obviously be out by the time people hear this one. I actually think it's the one right before this one. So did a conversation, funny enough, on somebody who <clears throat> who immigrated to the U.S. from Greece in the 80s. Um, and uh, we were talking about traveling. So when we, so this is the similar story or the same story that I told in that podcast, but we get there, Romy goes right through. And then I go to, I don't know, customs or whatever. And I'm getting interviewed by the person. And she's like, how much, how much British pounds do you have? And we had only been traveling with euros up to this point. So I've been planning on getting mm. uh, pounds out of the ATM once we were in London. So I was like, I don't have any money. I'm getting it from the ATM. And they're like, where are you going to stay? And we were going to stay with your cousin and your aunt. Yep. And I was like, yep. uh, I'm staying with my, friend, my friend's family. He's got cousins here. And they're like, where's your friend? And I'm like, he went through. He's a British citizen, which is probably what I said. She didn't correct me. She's like, this moron. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then uh, she's like, okay, so you don't have money. You don't have a place to stay. And I think she asked me a third question that I didn't have a good answer to. And uh, she's she basically like stamped something that was like, 
you're not coming in or like a revoke status or whatever. And then where I had to go from there is I got escorted into this whole like holding area. And now it wasn't like a cell or anything, but it was just like a locked lobby area with rooms off to the side, no windows. And I sat across from a guy from Palestine. We had a conversation. He was a student in the UK. He wanted to go visit his girlfriend, I believe that was the story, his girlfriend in Palestine. He didn't get permission from wherever he needed to get permission, and he went and visited her anyway and then tried to come back. And he didn't have the right documentation. So when he got back, again, this is a couple years after 9-11, so everybody that was around then can remember the situation. But basically it was like, um, oh, you just went out of the country and you didn't have permission, now you're trying to get back in, we're not letting you back in. That was his story. And I, I talked with him for a little while, and then they, this uh, Scottish guy with a Scottish accent, like security guard or whatever, took me into a room. They went through all of my backpack stuff, and then shortly after that, a British dude came in, very British dude with a very British suit, and he does the same thing that the guard did. I don't remember if the guard was there or not, but he went through all my stuff. I had my journal there. I had like two or three books from C.S. Lewis, who is a famous um, author and professor um, from early on, earlier on. And uh, he, and so he's, he sees these books from C.S. Lewis and he starts reading my journal and I'm like, Oh, well, why are you reading my journal? But I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I didn't, I couldn't, he was very nice and he was very cordial. He's actually the person who asked me what kind of water was in my Nalgene. That was my water bottle that I had. He asked me, he asked me where the water was from. And I told him Switzerland. He's like, Hey, you could sell that on the black market for quite a sum young fellow. He said something like that. <laughs> That's right. And then he, he reads parts of my journal and then he closes and he's like, beautiful words. And I had never gotten a compliment like that before. This British dude with his British accent says that my journal has beautiful words. Sweet. <laughs> anyway, long story short, I eventually got released and that's where I ran into you and you're like, where the heck were you? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I was busy trying to figure out internet connection so I can email all the all our friends from back home that, you know, we're okay, we're in England. And I was just sitting there wondering what the heck happened. To you. <laughs> yeah, it had to have been at least an hour or something. It was wild. But I mean, yeah, I, I, can, I can remember getting, because I think one of your cousins came and picked us up and took us back right. to their place. So I yep. think it was two of your cousins and your aunt there might have been somebody else in the house. That's all I can remember. But your aunt had such a huge layout of food when we got there. Gosh, yes, that was the last. That was one of the last times I saw my my extended family. That's the last time I was in England. But you're right. I do remember them doing just this big dinner thing. And I remember you you commented because you were like sharing different stories and how they were all just very attentive and listening and everything. And yep. Um, yeah, well, what man, those are some good times. It was such a, an, a, it was it was like being able to stay with your cousins was such a reprieve because it, it felt like, I mean, they they obviously were treating you like family, but they accepted me like completely and like they were so kind and just opening up their home. I think we slept on the in the in the living room like on couches or something, and yeah. the the food that was ready for us when we got there. I remember I was so hungry when we got there. And the food was so good. And she had, uh, it was clearly more than you and I were going to eat. And the, that level of hospitality, oh, yeah. we had clearly not experienced. And then I think it was the next yeah. night or later on, eventually like your whole family took us out to a nice 
like Asian style restaurant and paid for it and everything. You remember yeah. that? I do. That's okay. Yeah. That's where I remember where they, um, I think you, you meant you had mentioned to me afterwards, like, wow, they were just so yeah, hospitable and, and listening and attentive and, and all yep. these things. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, wow. That's, um, yeah. I mean, cause I hadn't, I hadn't seen them in years either. I'm like, that is, you're right. They, that was, that was top notch. That was really cool. So I, I, it's akin to me, like in the story of the Lord of the Rings, where everybody finally gets to like Rivendell or something after all of their travels and they get like to, to this really peaceful place where they get to yeah. take a rest. That's what it felt like being able to stay with your, your aunt and your cousins. Um, <clears throat> I don't remember. Did, did we stay in London then for a few days? Or did we travel? We didn't to stay long because I think you got. I think there was another audible in our in our playbook where um, a, a girl by the name of Megan. I want to say, what's her last name? She was in. She was doing like um, one of those college, anyways, things in, Study abroad. Um, in in Spain. Yep. And so I think she has somehow invited us over to Madrid, and we got word of it somehow. And we say, well, I guess we're. I guess we're going to Madrid for a little bit. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. So we took a plane down to Madrid and it was, we couldn't, and thank God she was there because we didn't speak any Spanish and we didn't know what was going on there, but there was no place to stay. Um, we went to a cafe with her, I think initially, and then we kept walking around. We could not find a place to stay. And then finally there was like an intercom outside of a building or something. And she started talking to the people in there and we found out it was just like an unmarked hotel almost like a place that you could stay so she goes in with us and she talks to the owners and they're like yeah you can stay in this place it was basically like a it was almost like somebody was like subletting a room in their home or something i feel like um but Mm. we stayed there and then we found out later on that what was going on while we were there was like the tour de espana which is like a big biking race That's right. There was some kind of big festival going on. You're right. I can't even remember it. <laughs> yeah, it's it was so like random, but that's why we couldn't find a place. And if if you remember this, I think we went to they have a nice museum there and we walked around that museum and that was one of I feel like that was one of your highlights of the trip. My memory's trying to get a little bit foggy. Mm. Was it? I don't think I can remember. I remember she had a friend with her. Yep. And I think we went out with them a couple of times. We, yeah, we sure did. Yeah, they took and, us to a cafe where they had those little things that you dipped in the chocolate. And that's right. It was called like a topless cafe or something like that. Yeah. The, the running joke was like it was a, it was a topless <laughs> yeah. cafe. Yeah, because <laughs> Megan, Megan said to me, she's like, you want to go to a topless cafe? And I was like, I, I heard topless, and I didn't think before I spoke very well back then, so I just blurted out topless. And then she was like, topless, <laughs> Lance, topless. That's right. That's yeah, really that funny. Was, um, yeah, so we had yeah we had some good times with her and and her friend. They they showed some, some great hospitality while we were there. So anyway, after that, I think we went to Scotland. Yes, that's yeah. right. I think because uh, you wanted to do like some pubs or something. Well, yeah, I mean Scotland is where my ancestors are from, so that was like a bucket list destination for me. And we ended up we stayed in a nice hostel there and. We stayed in Edinburgh and like we, I remember walking, we got there in the morning and I remember walking around, we were waiting for a hostel, the hostel to open, I think. 
And uh, I, I can just remember really one of the things I really want to do in Europe was see, um, was see a castle, like a good looking castle. And I remember walking around the corner of a street and looking up and the sun had just started coming up over um, Castle Edinburgh. And I, just, I remember just n- never seeing anything like that and just being s- stuck. I think you took some video of it because I could barely remember that you were taking video of it. But do you remember that, like, when we got there and, like, saw the castle? Yeah, I do. I do remember that. I remember just looking around. It's, like, the greenest grass that I've ever seen was in, was in Edinburgh. And That's that, right. That city and the history. And it was, yeah, it was, it was quite the experience for sure. Yeah, the, the, that's right. I I never remember, and you always pointed out, but the, the the vividness of the green color there was so like the pictures that we took, and even the obviously even the video just didn't do it justice. I just never seen anything like it. That's right. I remember going to a church that it was a Sunday. I remember. Oh my gosh! Making that's right. it a point to just visit one church. <laughs> Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, you you did a church, and I think I went on like a tour. Um, while you while you did the church or something, I don't know why I was against. Maybe I was maybe I was still kind of bitter, but I remember not wanting to do the church thing, and you wanted to do the church thing. <laughs> I think we had hashed the stuff out then, and I think we, it was just like, well, yeah, dude, you go to the church, and I'll I'll go do this other thing. So I took a trip to Loch Ness for one day, and then another day I did. Uh, basically a Braveheart tour where they took us around different places. And yes, were you there with me? The, the Claymore. Yeah. I think it was. I do remember hearing the Braveheart music played in the background of that. I remember just being so peaceful and like, yeah. oh man, this is going to be cool going to the place where William Wallace's, you know, possible remains were or whatever. Yeah, that's right. I couldn't remember if you were on that one with me, but yeah, that, I really liked that trip. That was a highlight for me. Absolutely. Yeah. And then that was basically it. Cause we went back to London, stayed with your other cousins and then we ended up flying out of London to go come back to the States. That pretty much, that pretty much closed the trip. Oh, I, so I do want to, I'd be, be remiss to, to miss out on that. So I remember in, when we were at a, the hostel in, in Scotland, a hostel that was like co-ed, and I remember like trying to encourage him, like, hey, let's go to the, let's go to that co-ed portion. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And I remember like, get, get on buggy and go, why are we in our separate room? Let's go to the ones where like, you know, all the girls and guys are. <laughs> and remember do you remember that. what you told me? No. Do you remember what you told me? No. <laughs> I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Because I kept on bugging you about it. I'm like, let's do it, let's do it. It's awesome. It'd be great. And you, and you looked at me and you're like, really, I can't believe. Because I said, why? And you, and you, you looked at me, you like said it in the most like a convicting way. I can't believe that I have to really tell you why we shouldn't be you know, going into a, a co-ed room and, and staying with the, you know, these other girls or whatever. And ever, you know, us being in ministry and whatnot, it just cut me to the core. I'm like, oh, that's I just right. felt like so ashamed. I'm like, oh, you're right. Like, yeah, because whatever, well, yeah. whatever was in my head, I was like, we're college-age single dudes. We shouldn't be sleeping in a room with females. I remember thinking. Right, and in, my, in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's, that's awesome. Like, <laughs> great, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, there's a pretty girl here. I'm like, this is, this is so going down. And you're like, dude, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, those times, oh. man. 
So that's I don't know. Right, that's right. We've been going for like an hour and 40 minutes, but we basically covered the trip. And I, I, can, I can remember specifically like coming back and probably some of our conversations help, but some, some, I can remember coming back from the trip and feeling like I, I, I have way too big of an ego. I need to take other people's thoughts into account more. And the world is a much bigger place, and I am a very, very small fish in it, which I think was a very, very important lesson for me at the time because if you remember back in those college years, I think for me in particular, I could kind of have kind of an attitude of I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the big guy. I'm, I'm, I'm it. I'm the top dog. Like whatever those kinds of thoughts are, mm. you think like, oh, man, of course I succeeded. Look at what a big success I am. But really all you're seeing is like, of just a very, very small corner of your own little world. And so in going and being yeah. able to do that trip for a month with you, I think really helped put my ego in check, not nearly as much as it needed to be in check. That came later in life, especially after college, as we talked about kind of at the mm-hmm. beginning when you run into the real world, I'll put in quotes. Uh, that really gave me yeah. major ego checks. But I needed the ego check that I had in um, in in... Because my, ins- you know, it's like, I think your insecurities, you, you're not even aware that you have insecurities, but you need, you, you end up putting yourself in situations where you need other people to validate you because of your insecurities. And I think I became pretty aware, like, oh, I have a lot of insecurities and I'm, I'm really not as special as I think I am. And I feel like that was a really important takeaway from me in going on that trip with you. So thanks for doing the trip with me, but what are your closing? Those are my closing thoughts. I'm going to leave the end of the podcast, this episode for you to just kind of give any closing thoughts that you want to give on the trip. Yeah, no, that's great. I, I, I do remember it was just, it was such a, in a sense, a, a faith leap. I mean, we, we just you know, took that step of just going to this unknown place and just trusting that, you know, it's all going to work out and we still had our, I felt like there was a lot of things that really built up up until that point, given us so much optimism and, and ego. Like I, I just remember really living like a celebrity lifestyle in a sense, like yeah. with you and, and just the group of people that we were with. It was just such a unique time yeah. of just pluses of just things that largely, you know, girl situation notwithstanding, it was just such a, a constant flow of affirmation and and all these things just going right that I'm that I felt like this is just going to be a springboard towards other things and I felt like essentially that that kind of did continue on a little bit more I remember going back and I didn't get that that job like I thought I would right. at um at the church Linworth but I found out there was another avenue where someone took me on and and paid me to, to do that and just and I remember just eventually just meeting that that very next month I met my my future wife and that's right and just how just god just opened up all these doors but but you're right i feel like up until that point there was from from there i felt like there was just the hard times and just humbling times that we were not used to we were i felt like if anything we were just kind of like the delta force of, of christianity yeah. like we were just trained and like had all these these different things that would build our confidence and got us to, to where we were and, and certainly helped us in life. Um, but yeah, no, I look so fondly upon that as, as, as a springboard. It allowed me to like, really, I thought I'd be in Ohio my entire life. I remember just taking a trip like that made me think like, you know what? I can, 
I can still do life. I can still do ministry mm-hmm. even outside of the comforts of home, outside of the protection of the great fellowship and friendships. I can, I can still, and, and I end up doing that. And I remember end up getting married and, and moving out to, to North Carolina for a while and then, yep. and then coming back and then being sent out again. So, so here I am in, in South Carolina, but I mean, that trip really allowed spawned a lot of that. Hey, there's, yeah, we're, there's so much to the world than just our own little enclave yeah. of protection and, and, and fun and fellowship in Ohio. So, um, yeah, I love it. I have such fond memories. I really appreciate you taking the time to kind of bring all that back and <laughs> letting us letting us go through that together again. Yeah, it was fun to reminisce, and I think you you spoke to everything very eloquently there, and I think that's a great place to leave it. So, thank you for agreeing to come on the podcast, Romy. Um, I can think of a couple more things I'd like to have you on in the future and talk through some other things. Maybe even just the next season of life where we went through our own. Um, uh, fires, I'll say that would be an interesting thing to talk through. And that's we, right. we ran into some tough <laughs> times. Right. It, all, it was all fun and roses afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the end of the tale after that is, it does not get much more rosy for a while, which is fascinating. So anyway, thank you all so much for listening. Romy, thanks for coming on. Um, really appreciate you coming on, man. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Love you. Yep, you too, man. We'll talk soon.